What's up guys, it's David from Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Before we get to this week's episode on growth, which by the way, if you haven't heard any of our content, this will be a great one to start with. Um, we had a lot to say on this topic and I believe that it'll be really edifying to our listeners. Um, but just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you. Um, thank you all for listening and um, I really hope that you can take something away from this. Um, we took a little break, uh, we had a lot of guests on. Um, but we are going to be kicking off season two with this episode and uh, we're going to be posting more regularly um, weekly but at the uh, at the latest bi-weekly uh, so anyway just want to say thank you uh, all for listening and um, enjoy the episode What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Once again, I am your host, Dalton Locke, with Whitney Williamson. Hey. And David Overstreet. Hey. You say hey in the same way in every podcast. Hey. 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 <laughs> I love it. Huh. Guys, huh. how has y'all's week been? It's been a little crazy, right? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. been crazy. Curfew in effect for Murfreesboro. It's 6.30. 6.30. And they announced it at 6.30. What's up with that? Yeah, 6.32. So. I hope 6:32. they mean 6.30 a.m. They're past the curfew. <laughs> I hope it. I hope they don't mean 6.30 a.m. Uh, it means whoa. we couldn't go anywhere tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm stay fine in. with that. You're like, sorry, I can't come to work. I expect a check, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like I, it's not of my own free will that I can, yeah. can't come to work. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, of course, w- our prayers are with everybody. Uh and everything that's going on right now uh, with George Floyd and his family. Yeah. Um, and just with all those affected by the riots, protests, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, of course, if you haven't listened to our podcast on racism and hate crime, give it a listen. Uh, we try to give a good Christian point of view on, you know, that whole subject. And uh, we actually had a guest come in. His uh, name was Desmond Howard, and he had a lot of good perspective and, and point. And... Just say the whole thing over. He had okay. a lot of. We also had a guest on the show. His name was Desmond Howard, and he had a lot of good perspective and input on uh, the black community and how they can go about these types of things and how we as Christians, whether black or not, can go after these things. Right. Um, but yeah, so this week we are talking about growth, spiritual growth, physical growth, mental growth. Mm. Don't go buy you. bigger belts. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just. <laughs> That kind of growth. That kind of growth, yeah. <laughs> um, so Whitney and uh, the rest of us – why did I say that? <laughs> I love it. Um, so we decided that we wanted to define growth um, before we started talking about it. And Whitney, I didn't know if you had something written down or if we should just share what I had. Yeah, so I just wanted to start out with talking about like just defining growth. And I was looking into it and trying to find more context to the word. Um, part of it was the act or process or manner of growing, development, and gradual increase. Mm-hmm. Um, completed development, gradual development and maturity. I think that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it another one was just growth is change. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of people that, don't want to change, but they want to see their life progress and you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a book in front of me and it is called the student Bible dictionary mm. and it, uh, it comes in handy for Very when point. you want to define things, you know? And so, uh, we'll see if, uh, w- what Whitney had written down, if it matches what's mm. in here. This is nice. I Bring like it this. on. <laughs> I like this. Okay. So, uh, it is the increase and mature, uh, mm. wait, can you all right sorry sound it out buddy <laughs> sound it out okay so it is increase and mature physically mentally and spiritually uh it then references genesis 21 20 and luke 2 40 and then it also says christians are to grow in their spiritual lives and uh, then it references second peter three eighteen. Mm-hmm. um and so i feel like that's pretty accurate you know with what winnie was saying yeah, good um, job, Whitney. Go Google. Did you? Read that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Like, yeah. let's just talk about it. So, um, you know, you guys talked about what growth was to you. For me, it's like a three-part equation, and and uh, it's acknowledging that 
there's an issue in your life that you need to grow from. That's the mm. first thing. The second thing is you need to formulate a plan um, to resolve that issue or to be better from that. And then you need to act it out. Um, in my life, I could never really get past step two. I okay. would um, I would acknowledge that I had a problem or had something in my life that needed spiritual assistance or not just spiritual, I mean physical, um, you know, my, my school life. Um, it needed attention, and then I would formulate a plan, and it would be a very detailed plan, but I could never bring myself to act it out um, until until about a year and a half ago. Um, so, you know, I guess I'll just go ahead and start um, with go for it. with how I I grew um, during the past. I'd say since high school. Um, I think it's important. It's an important part of growth when you have goals in your life and you have some sort of ambition that you're pushing for and a lot of high school kids don't really know what that is and I was one of those kids I was just kind of walking through life you know doing things halfway um, doing just enough to get by I feel like that's because we had so much structure in like school and stuff yeah like you didn't really have a choice that's all you could do it was like just go to school and yeah. just go through the motions yeah and See, for me, I was blessed enough to where I could even go to a school where I could pursue what I ultimately wanted to do, mm. um, which was music. Like, I went to an art school, so every day I was hands-on with my instrument, practicing. I was around people who were had connections to the business, um, but I just didn't take the initiative. Yeah. And there were so many people that I could have inquired about shows with and, um, you know, gone down that path but I just I didn't have the goals and the ambition and the urgency to do it and urgency is another big part of it how badly do you want it whatever you're striving for and in high school I didn't really want it that badly I was just hanging out I was having a good time um, it wasn't until like senior year and this is kind of this is this is a weird time to realize this but um, for senior year, we had our pictures, like our casual and our formal senior pictures, and I missed that deadline. So my mom really wanted pictures of me for my senior year, and I had to tell her, Mom, like, I missed the deadline. I didn't get those pictures taken. And that's when it really clicked in my head, like, that's what I do with everything. Whether it's an assignment, it's something that I need to get done. It's something that I'm, I'm working towards. It's like I put it off to the last minute and then it's just so much stress. And then I just kind of either don't do it or do it halfway. Mm. And I was tired of doing that. And that really showed up in high school when I crawled out of high school <laughs> as far as um, academically. And then when I got to college, that's a kick in the butt. When you get to college, you're based, I mean, you're on your own. Like, yeah. You know, I was out of my parents by the time I was 20. So, you know, I was living on my own, paying my own bills, taking on way more than I could handle at that point in time. And my grades suffered because I told myself that that I could do what I needed to do and still get the stuff done that was important to me in my life and still chase my dreams. And I think a big part of it along the way was learning how to field issues in my life that helped me grow. Um, I've talked before on the podcast about how I was, I was in a relationship that kept me from doing those things. Um, but whenever a problem would come my way, I would get angry and frustrated at God and I would freak out and just have anxiety in a bunch of different places and be all over the place. But that's part of growth is no, it's problem solving It's knowing how to face an issue down and say, this is what happened. I may have made a mistake, but this is how we're going to handle it. Yeah. This is, a, well, this is what the plan is. Don't freak out. Stay calm and handle it. And gradually, problem solving through the relationship that I was in, problem, sol problem solving um, in, in my school life, um, with my music. Like, and that's like being an audio technician is problem solving with your equipment and everything. Just learning how to solve issues. And I think that that's a big part of how I grew in high school and in college. And, you know, towards the end, it was trusting God, which I know you've talked about a lot, Dalton, about your yeah. testimony uh, yeah. in our first episode. 
trusting God and sacrificing what you want in your timing for God's timing. Yeah. Because God's timing is is divine and he he knows what's best for us and when it is best for us. Right. Better than we do. And that's something that I could not understand. I would always ask, why did this happen at this time this way? Yeah. And now that things are progressing, um, I see why it did. Mm-hmm. I see why the things happened in my life the way they did when they did. Because it took all those things happening for me to really wake up and grow in my faith. Yeah. So I guess that's probably like to where I am now. That's kind of like my testimony. So that's awesome. Yeah. What was your breaking point? Like, so you talked about how you struggled with it up to a certain point, And then you realized with the pictures, you missed the deadline, et cetera. But what actions did you take that made you care enough to actually make changes? Because I feel like for a lot of our listeners, they probably have felt at the same place. But where's the pivoting point? The pivoting point is just being tired of not tired of being in a place of helplessness and like I could have prevented this and when there's a point where you get tired of that feeling and it's your decision whether you want to pursue making it better or not every all of our listeners who are in a place where they're struggling with with growth and they don't know what to do just know that you have a choice every single day you wake up whether you want to grow or you want to stay in the same place and it's little steps little steps along the way that you can take it's not going to change overnight because you didn't get there overnight. It's a step at a time in the right direction. And you might take one step forward and two steps back. But you know what? You got to get up the next day and make sure you make one extra step forward. Yeah. And keep going. Keep going. Do not give up. Keep going. It's just like I use this as a fitness example because I'm, I'm a fitness rat. So I always say like, when you're doing squat, I hate doing squats because squats are terrible and they make me, f- they, they hurt. <laughs> and let's be honest, we don't like anything that hurts us. And I think everyone in this room can agree with that as far as squats. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like you just think about that and it's such a good metaphor for life. Like you're, you're going down with a squat with a bar on your back with a ton of weight on your shoulders. At that point, when you're at the bottom of the squat, what are you going to do? Are you just going to let that weight collapse on you? And you're going to fall over. And I mean, no, you have to, you push up because you know you can and you've done it before. And even if you fall down, you know what to expect next time. Yeah. You know how to lift that weight. Your, your nervous system gets used to that weight because you've put it on your shoulders and you've, you've problem solved in that situation and you know how to handle it. I always say that the gym is a really good way to practice mental toughness every day. Because it's when you're in the gym and you want to do an extra rep, it takes mental toughness, yeah, not just physical toughness. And that's a good way to practice the mindset with with um, your spiritual life as well. Because with your spiritual life, that is a different playing field. But you need to practice that mindset. Yeah, and that's what I would say to listeners: like practice a mindset of discipline every day. Yeah, whether it's what you're dieting, you know. Little some little habit that you're trying to kick. Anything, that's, reading your Bible, anything. That's definitely good for like praying, and for reading the getting saying in the Word every day. Right. Um, because it does. It takes a, a mentality of like, no, even though I don't feel like doing this, even though I feel like I don't have time for to do this, I'm gonna do it. Exactly. Pushing through that point. Yeah. It's it's the pushing through. Yeah. Pushing through that block in your mind, that's that thing that's telling you not to do it. The incentives not to do it, because that's Satan. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's Satan. That's his job. And that goes hand in hand, like with renewing your mind. Yeah. And it talks about that frequently, you know, to renew your mind, um, to be conscious of what you're thinking about. I know right. Joyce Meyer does quite a few teachings on you can choose what you think about. You can. And a lot of people don't recognize that they have the power to choose what goes through their mind. Yep. Um, but I think that that's awesome, taking responsibility and stepping up. Yeah. Personal responsibility is huge. Personal responsibility is, is the key. Just owning your mistakes and not blaming others. That's huge. For, for the hand that you were dealt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and just taking responsibility and changing it because someone has to break the cycle at some point, right? You have to break that cycle. Yeah. Um, there was, we had, you and I, David had a conversation a couple weeks ago, um, where you, uh, you mentioned that you feel like sometimes I just, uh, I play the victim card every now and then. Um, and you, you took it back like the next day or whatever, but honestly that resonated with me because even though I try not to, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do just, I have that mentality of this is what's going on and this is happening because of it and none of it's my fault. I have that mentality sometimes. And I'm guilty of that too. Um, But so that like, that has pushed me to be like, any time that I start thinking that way, I'm like, wait, no, you're just in your head. So like I, I try to clear my mind and I pray to God, I'm like, hey, like, clear my heart. Create a new heart within me, yeah. God. Um, that's Psalm 51. Um, Having that confidence from Jesus. Yeah. Like, get, ask him to, to instill that in you, to put that in you. Yeah. Um, I can't, uh, to quote Whitney, I can't uh, find the address on this one. Um, but there's somewhere in the Bible where it says, don't assume evil hmm. in, in people. And I wish, I really wish I could find that because I, it's come up so many times. Where it's good. I, yeah. Like it talks about how it's dangerous to assign a motive to someone else. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that is where a lot of my anxiety came from growing up. Yeah. Was I would project my own feelings on somebody else. And then whenever they would react the same or act a certain way, mm-hmm. I'd be like, they're doing that because of this. Yeah. And just kind of I had convinced myself that that was the truth. Yeah. And that that stunted a lot of growth in my life. Yeah. And so taking personal responsibility and just remembering to trust God and not trust your anxieties and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It it does. It goes a very long way. I love that you guys both, both had stated that about taking, like you talked about having an action plan. Okay. But it wasn't until you took responsibility that things started to change. And a lot of people have that plan and they have ideas in their head of what they want to do. They might even write it down, but they don't want to man up or woman up and take responsibility mm-hmm. for what they do have control over. Yeah. Okay. They try to control things that they can't and the things they can't control, they refuse to. Right. And you got to think about it. If you go into a situation as I'm thinking about kind of having a problem solving mindset here, if you go into a situation thinking, man, I got to make this better. Like this happened and it stinks. And like, man, I wish I hadn't had, it hadn't have happened this way. And you know, I got to fix this or versus I got to fix this because I'm part of the cause. Yeah. And acknowledge a role in it. Then it's once you have that responsibility, it's more of a driving factor. Yeah. To, to helping you problem solve, you know? Like, because you may not have been the direct cause of the issue, but maybe you were the reason that it continued. Mm. Um, maybe you didn't get out when you should have, or maybe you didn't do something about it when you should have. I mean, I'm not saying fine blame. I'm saying sometimes accepting responsibility is a good spark Yeah. To help to help you go in the right direction to have that mental toughness. And see, like, for our listeners... This is a good thing if you can recognize where you missed it. And here's why. Because if you recognize that you got off course, then you can make a course correction. It's always a problem whenever you act like you're on course and you're not and you know better. Whenever you can identify where the problem is, even if you missed it, that's okay. It's okay to miss it. You don't aim for the mark, but when you do miss it, that's what grace is for. Right. But whenever you can identify it, that is growth. So encourage yourself in that. If you're able to identify the area where you've been missing it, that's growth. Mm-hmm. That means there's conviction resonating in you and it's wanting to produce a change. Mm-hmm. And so this is your next action step. If you want to know, man, I've been stuck in this place. I don't really know what to do. I just, I, I feel the way that you guys have felt, but I don't know what to do. This is your opportunity. It's you're feeling convicted. Go with that. Yeah. Make the course correction, get back on track. And where does that conviction come from anyway? It comes from God. Absolutely. That is the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention. When you feel bad about things, it's not for condemnation. Condemnation comes from the enemy alone. But conviction is knowing that there is an opportunity for you to do better 
and it's encouraging. Yeah. God yeah. doesn't come to condemn you. He comes to encourage you in the right way. Yeah. So to bring this back into the Bible a little bit, there's a verse that we were talking about before the show. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. And Paul says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And that just uh, that reminds me that we shouldn't just focus on the growth in ourselves. Like we should take responsibility for sure, but we should also know that God gives the growth. Yeah. That all we can do is plant and water. I think that's awesome. That that goes back to like a next step. If you're looking for the another next step for you, it says right there, stop looking so much as to, oh, I want to grow and focusing on the growth itself, but focus on planting and watering in other people's lives. I've always heard that if you have a need, or you're struggling in an area, then go help someone else and your need will be met also. Mm. And that's part of that. Whenever you plant something, then something grows. Yeah. And like there's scripture that talks about that too. Like the harvester and goes and plants the seed and it grows and they don't know how. Yeah. And so that, that to tie it into what David was saying, like that mental discipline, like just going back to the gym every day and dealing with that mental toughness, building that up, that's planting and watering. Yeah. You know, that's that's watering that in yourself. That's watering that plant so that God can provide the growth. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that if you don't plant and water things in your life that there is no growth? Yeah. We were talking about earlier, if you're not progressing, you're digressing. You can't yeah. grow to a certain spot and do nothing and have an inaction and remain the same or grow forward. Yeah. It is a constant discipline, taking initiative, taking responsibility, pressing forward. Yeah. You can't yeah. just sit and expect it to happen. It's a lifestyle change. Yeah. And I, I've, I've told Dalton this before. Like, People don't realize that a lifestyle change is exactly what it sounds like. It's your life. You're always going to be growing. And if you make a change, you're going to see results. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen over your life. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about earlier as well. You know, you have to feed your body physically so many times a week, right? Okay, well, what about your spirit? How many times are you feeding it the word a week? Mm-hmm. And whichever one that you feed the most is which one leads. And so a lot of people want to be spiritually led and obey God and listen to him and hear him. And they wonder why they're struggling to hear him, but it's because they've been feeding their flesh more. It has everything to do with also what you put in. And so you can't expect a different result when you're constantly putting the same things in. You can't just stop and have nothing there. You have to put new things in its place. And if you wanted to stop your old habits, you can't just stop and not expect the craving to come back, to go back to them. You have to replace it with something new. Yes, absolutely. So to bring that back. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Yeast. Yeast. You want proteins? Yeast. 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 Are we baking? Wow. No. We'll, ta- we'll, we'll yeah, clue you in on that one later. Uh, yes, so absolutely what you were saying, Whitney. Um, David, what you were talking about, it's a lifestyle change. Paul, in Colossians, he tells you to put to death those things that are of the flesh. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Further down in verse 12, he says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. So that ties what you were saying into what Whitney was saying. As in, you can't just put to death and then not put something else on. Yeah. You can't just put to death and then be complacent. You have to put something else on. Uh, in this case, it is put to death those things that are earthly within you and put on what is spiritually and holy. Walk in newness. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Dalton, where do you feel like in your life that you've grown? Um, Two places. Mm-hmm. When I was still pretty f- new in my faith walk, 
I had to learn how to trust God. So it was about eight months after I got baptized and started my faith walk. My I wrecked my car. I hit a dog around 3 a.m. on 8.40. And I was just like, what? Like, I was, I was praying to God. I was like, what is this? Like, I'm doing, I've been doing so good. Like, oh, I was, sorry. <laughs> like, I've been doing so good. I was helping a friend in need, and I was just, I was mad at God for this because I was like, I can't afford to fix my car right now. Hold yeah. on. You were mad at God because a dog ran in front of your car? No. I'm getting to it. Okay. <laughs> so I was mad at God because I was like, I can't afford this right now. Why would you allow this to happen? Mm -hmm. And the entire next day, because I couldn't make an insurance claim at 3 a.m., I was still mad about it. And I was just kind of punishing God for something that, honestly, like, was it because of him? Or was it just because I was, wasn't paying attention? You know, I wasn't at my full focus at 3 a.m. driving down the road. Uh, but anyway... I finally made the insurance claim, and they were like, so this is a comprehensive claim. It falls under what we call an act of God, so obviously there's irony there. Yeah. Um, but they were like, it's only going to cost you 50 bucks to have your car fixed. Mm. And at that moment, I was, like, humbled. Yeah. And after I hung up, I was I, I prayed to God again, and I was like, I'm sorry for being mad at you, and I'm sorry for losing my faith so quickly and just so abruptly when something that didn't go my way happened. Yeah. Uh, I apologized for that. And I promised him that I wouldn't do that again, that I wouldn't just lose faith that easily, mm -hmm. that I wouldn't stop trusting and just punish him in my mind and in my heart. Yeah. And he tested that mm -hmm. the very next day. He tested that I lost my job and then Later on that week, I lost another source of income because I had tenants in my house, and I had to kick them out. But so he was testing my faith, and I remembered what I had said to him the day before, and I was like, nope, God's got this. I said, God, I know you have me in your arms. I know that you have something planned for me. I may not understand it, but I'm going to trust in you. Mm -hmm. And I went a, a month without a job without even so much as a lead on a potential job. But I just kept the faith. I kept my trust in God. And honestly, that was one of the most peaceful points that I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And, you know, later on, he moved me out of that living situation that I was in into a completely new city. I had a completely new job that I'd never considered before. And I all of a, all of a sudden just had community that I had not experienced before. Yeah. And so that was really God's providence and he taught me to trust in that. And so, you know, I had to water that self-discipline, that mental discipline yep. of trusting in him and God provided the growth. Yeah. And I think that you mentioned the community, but I, I think it's interesting how God blessed you with that after you by yourself trusted in him. Yeah. Because we sometimes we get the community and we think, oh, I've got a safety net. And then when that community is stripped away from us, we don't know what to do. Yeah. But I think it's interesting how God tested your faith when you didn't have that community. Yeah. And um, I did say that there was two things. So that was the first. And then the second would be trusting God with my singleness. Mm -hmm. um, Whitney's over here raising <laughs> her hand. Yeah. Say a lot for the people in the back. <laughs> Praise God. Praise yeah. God. I uh, I had spent most of my life, not just my faith walk, pursuing relationships and wondering why I hadn't found somebody to love yet. And I've talked about this before. My One of the most things I'm passionate about is becoming a family man and just having a loving wife. Um, mm -hmm. And so I really had to give that to God. I had to stop and just say, God, I'm going to pursue, pursue you and only you for yeah. this certain amount of time. And it was hard. And there were a lot of times where I didn't want to do it. 
and there were a lot of times where I probably didn't do it, but God gave, gave me grace. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I've grown through that too. Yeah, and I can I can definitely tell um, that your spiritual maturity is just on a astronomically different level than that period in your life. Yeah. Um, like you're not walking upstairs. You're you're jumping <laughs> upstairs like you're you're skipping steps you know what i mean like it's like your your growth i mean obviously everyone has more work to do but in you i've just noticed this spiritual discipline mm-hmm. that i mean i honestly envy and i have to work on that for myself um but i'm just like i'm so proud of you for that man appreciate it but i mean i can't take the credit for it either you know, I may have been the one moving my legs, but God was lifting me. Of course. He established your steps. Yeah. Of course. What about you, Whitney? For me, I would say there's there's a few areas. Um, we'll start with forgiveness. This past year, even years prior, it has been just time after time of, like, opportunities for unforgiveness to come in. And it started with unforgiveness toward myself for making decisions that weren't good for me and they weren't healthy for me and blaming myself and not feeling worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like whenever you know better and you don't choose better, I used to carry that weight a lot and God has helped me so much walk through that. Um, just, I had a situation with a friend this past year and it just went south really quick and it was with people that I really trusted and really cared about and respected and loved and it was really hard for me and it was so easy to grasp and hold on to unforgiveness but it's really funny I was in a place when I was in my car and I was just singing a worship song and I was just listening to it and I realized that I gave one of them the other person's unforgiveness too I gave them a double portion because I couldn't really take it out on the other person Mm. but I was just in the car and singing this song to God, and whenever I realized that it wasn't even just unforgiveness toward them, but I was giving them someone else's too, it was really convicting. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit used one of my good friends to talk to me, and they were like, did you ever try putting yourself in the other person's shoes? And maybe you know the right answer in your head and how you would have wanted to respond, but would you have really responded that way if you felt the weight and the pressure and all of the things going on around you? And I honestly couldn't say that I would because I'm a huge adver- advocate for you should take responsibility for yourself and your actions, no matter how bad it might be. But I never really walked in grace mm-hmm. and tried to put myself. I wanted people to put their self in my shoes, but I've never really tried to put myself in people's shoes. And when you do that, it is it changes everything. It makes it so much easier to let go. Yeah. But before I could forgive those other people, I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself for depending on a person or a friendship or a thing and idolizing that and wanting that approval more than I wanted God's. I had to forgive myself for turning to the wrong thing so many times and making the same repeated cycle and pattern that I've always made. And when I learned to forgive myself in that area, I stopped making those decisions, those bad decisions running back to the same thing that I thought was going to make me feel better, and it didn't. Yeah. When I learned to forgive myself, with God's strength, I learned to forgive others. It's freeing. It is. I always heard, and my pastor, Pastor Bill Adcock, he said, unforgiveness is like lighting yourself on fire and hoping that the other person dies from smoke inhalation. That it doesn't ever poison the other person the way that it poisons you. Mm-mm. And so I really found growth in just learning to forgive and learning what grace really is and walking in that. The other area that I feel like I've grown um, has to do with just self-worth. Dalton was talking about singleness and like accepting that. And for me, it was always running to um, a relationship that probably I had no business being in and settling or wanting someone else's validation so that I felt good about myself. Um, I feel like with God's help, I never understood why I had to go through so many bad relationships to understand But really, and like with the help of some friends too, just noticing red flags. And whenever I hear something that isn't the standard of what the word says, like learning to walk away quicker, recognizing red flags quicker. Yeah. Just 
learning to step away and step back and like, no, I want something more than that. That's not what I want in 10 years from now. That's not helping me grow. It looks good right now, but it's not helping me grow. Yeah, and it won't help you grow long term. Yeah. And that's also something you have to think about. Not just is it good for me now, but will it be good for me? See, that's always been a huge thing for me is can I picture myself in this relationship or just situation or job or anything? Can I picture myself in this 10 years from now? Yeah. And I know that's a huge time span. Some people are like, well, no, you're obviously going to take steps to grow X, Y, Z. But if you can't picture yourself in that 10 years from now, if you don't know that your yes is a yes and your no is a no, you probably shouldn't be in it. Yeah. Honestly, if you have doubts and questions and I know that they come, that's your first red flag. Even before a person ever gives you one, if you have that unsureness and you aren't confident with your yes, you need to back up and you need to evaluate. Now, I think there is a difference when it comes to doubt, though. Um, there, I think there are two different types of d- types of doubt. Um, and Tim Keller, I don't know if y'all know who he is. He's a pastor, um, but he he has this really good quote, and I can't, I won't be able to quote it verbatim. But basically, the premise of it is that there are two types of doubt. One that says. I don't like this and I don't want to be a part of it and so I'm going to doubt it and then there's another type of doubt where it says I want to know more I don't understand it right now but I want to know more yeah um, and it, there, there's a little bit in the Bible I can't remember where it was but I, I think it's good to keep that in mind yeah. why you're doubting are you doubting it because you don't want it or because you don't understand it or because you don't understand it yeah for me, mine weren't the understanding kind. Mine were, I didn't really want it. Yeah. I wanted the instant gratification, mm-hmm. but long term, I really didn't see myself in it. Yeah. I didn't really see that being the place where I could grow. And when I recognized that long term, that this is as far as I would ever grow, is as the limitations of the relationships that I surround myself with, I started to make changes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's what we're doing here. We're 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 learning how to measure ourselves. You know, yeah. it's not we. I mean, we talk about things that we could do better, but we also can look back and and see where God has delivered us in our lives, and we can be proud in that. We can take pride in that. Yeah. So we've talked about what is growth and how we've personally grown. How do you guys help other people that you are surrounded with that you are planted near? How do you help them grow? So I think one definite thing to keep in mind is what I read earlier in 1 Corinthians is when you want to help somebody grow, you can't force them to grow. You will not be able to make them grow whatsoever. All you can do is feed into that growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no matter, no matter how much you want them to grow, all you're going to do is push them away if you try to make them grow. Yeah. All you can do is provide them the necessary the necessary tools to grow. Yeah. So if we're talking spiritually, then you have conversations about it. You don't tell them what they should do, but you try to get them thinking about what they should do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. You don't need the right answer. You need the right question. Yeah. Um, so you can try and have, you know, relatable small groups book studies, what have you. One-on-ones. One-on-ones. Oh, yeah. Pray with them um, directly or indirectly about them. Um, But you just have to remember that all you are doing is planting and watering seeds, but God is going to give the growth. It's not you. Right. Uh, Yeah. I think it's good that you said that we are just the ones who water the seeds because – if we say that we set an example for people, that implies that we are the example. But Jesus is the example. Mm-hmm. He's the one that we should be looking to. Yeah. Paul, Paul says, follow me because I follow Christ. Exactly. Yeah. There's a scripture um, where Paul talks about the use of his freedom. And he says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, 
so as to win those not having lost. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I had become all things to all people, so that by all means possible I might have some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. And Paul talks about becoming a servant and becoming all things to all men for the sake of Christ. And I think that that is how you help others grow, is you go and you, you go in to serve. You don't go in to be served. You don't go in hoping they reciprocate. You don't go in with the expectation that they're going to fulfill your your needs or do the same things for you, but you go in to serve them. Yeah. You go in interested. You go in there to build them up and to plant seed and to do it regardless if they reciprocate. To do it regardless if they reciprocate mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. So and have that servant heart and yeah. attitude. To yeah. keep with the analogy or simile, I don't know which it is. Metaphor. Sorry, metaphor. Um, of what planting and watering seeds is what you were saying. You can plant and water those seeds, but you honestly may never see that flower blossom. Yeah. And that's so you don't take pride and you take credit for what God has done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about what he's doing. Pray that his will is done in their life. Pray that they have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that understand. And you go in and you just serve them in the way that they need to be served. Yeah. Um, another metaphor would be like when you go to a restaurant, the server doesn't expect you to bust their table. They don't expect you to bring them food and to bring them water. They're there for you. They're there to serve you, to give you the experience that you need to to help you be satisfied, to bring you food. And that's what we're called to do in Christ. We're called yeah. to serve people, not have that expectation, oh, well, if you don't do this for me, I'm not going to do something for you. Mm-hmm. That's what serving is. It's having not an expectation in return, but going in with the heart of to receive is to give. Yeah. And that reminds us to do everything, whether word or deed, to the glory of God, giving thanks to the Father through the through Jesus Christ. That's that's all over the New Testament. Um, it's in Colossians. It's in Corinthians. Um, and that's another thing concerning growth. So, guys, whenever you're trying to plant and to water and to grow and to take that personal responsibility for the part that you do play in your relationship with God, is don't go in with the motive of you need to come out with something. Mm. Make sure your heart is right and make sure when you go in and you're serving people that you're going in with God, let your will be done. That your heart is humbled and that it's in the right spot. Don't go in with pride saying, oh, I can't wait to grow from this experience. I mean, that's awesome, but don't go in with the wrong heart motive. Go in with God, what can I do to honor you today? How can I do your will? How can I encourage people? How can I see, really see those around me? Give me your eyes so I can understand their life, so I can see their heart. Yeah. That's something I, that I try to pray every day. I'm not the best at praying every day. That's something that I really need to grow in. Uh, but I try to pray, God, how can I glorify your name today? Yeah. How can I use this house that you have given me to glorify you today? Sometimes it's just cleaning. Like, that's what I did yesterday. You know, I just cleaned. Even Thank though God I, for you, boy, <laughs> we needed that. <laughs> uh, I just I didn't feel like cleaning, but I wanted to do something to glorify God, and so that's what, what I decided to do with it. Other times, it's having a worship night here, like we did a, a couple weeks ago, or having the podcast here. I just that's what I love doing. I love glorifying God with this house because He's given it to me. I didn't. We got super lucky with this house. We honestly did. And so we can't take credit for that. I credit that to God. And so I want to glorify him with something that he has gifted me. Because at any moment, he could take it away from us. He could. Uh, I think of Jonah when he had preached to the city of Nineveh, but then he was angry at the mercy that God showed them. And he was just sitting up on a hill, resenting it all. And he's like getting really hot because the sun is on him. uh, And he's just complaining about it. And so God lifts up a tree to provide him shade. And he's thankful for it. But then God cuts it down the next day. And he's like, God, why would you do that? And God is like, did you raise the tree or did I? And Jonah says, you did. And God says, so then why are you bitter that I've taken it away Mm. when you didn't do anything to have this tree? 
And so that's why I try to. That's how I try to see my community, my church, this house, everything. I see it as a gift from God, blessing, a blessing. I, I have something to share. It's a okay. little sporadic. I feel as, like that was sporadic. So, <laughs> well, as far as growth is concerned, if you want to monitor your growth, it's recognizing your need for God. Mm. Recognizing your need for God in an area. Um. I just feel Holy Spirit, there's a listener out there that has been like, oh, I don't need anybody. I can do this on my own. I don't really trust people. I don't really want to depend or lean on people. And you've been taking it in your own hands and you've been trying to do it in your own strength and you've been trying to go your own way. And that's not that's not what God has for you. You need to learn to trust again. You need to learn to forgive others again. You need to learn to forgive yourself. Your growth depends on your need for God. And that he has that promise for you that you've asked him for a long time ago. And he is faithful to fulfill his promise. He does not let his word return void. But you cannot do it in your own strength. It is okay. Strength is your ability to surrender, not your ability to hold on. You've been holding on and thinking you're the only one keeping it together and you're not. He's holding it together. So take that weight off your shoulders. Take that pressure off and let go. Strength is when you let go. You can't build a new house with old bricks. Stop carrying the weight that you were never meant to carry. Mm. Amen. And somewhere in the Bible, and don't let this sound condemning because it's not. It's It should be conviction. Uh, there's a place in the Bible where it says, take heed lest ye fall. Yeah. And that's not to put anybody down. That is to warn them to rely on God, to come back to God, to trust in him, not trust in yourself. Because when we do think, when we do fill ourselves with pride, that's when we fall. Yeah. And that's another reason why we need community, is because God, because God uses that community to keep us in check. You community know, has to do with accountability. Yeah, because I I wouldn't have I probably wouldn't have realized that I was playing victim cards all the time if David hadn't said anything. But see, you gave him, you let go, of that pride. Yeah. And you gave him permission to speak into your life because you know that his heart towards you is that he loves you. Yeah. And some of you guys need to give God permission to speak into your life because you know that his heart towards you is that he loves you. Yeah. And the relationships that you surround yourself with, they're important. If you have friendships that are not helping you grow, that are not building you up, you're not at a place that that it's helping you, you need to let them go. That doesn't mean you love the person any less. That doesn't mean that you don't want to be there for them, but that means that you are responsible to get to a healthy place to where you can be that friend that they need for you to be later on. Yeah. So evaluate your relationships, evaluate your friendships, who you surround yourself with matters. If you want to grow, show me your five closest relationships and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Because you are who you hang around. It says bad company corrupts good character. Yeah. And not just for people who want to grow, but if, if there's anybody listening and you can think of somebody who, you're just like, I really wish they would grow in this area because I feel like they're falling from God. They're fall, they're, they're filling themselves with pride. The Bible says, I can't give the address for this one either, um, but the Bible says that um, an enemy will bless their enemy with kisses, will greet their enemy with kisses, but a friend will show them what they're doing wrong. A friend will talk to them but what they're doing wrong. Yeah. And so if you have a friend who that you feel like is just going down the wrong path, then water seeds. Plant seeds yeah. in their life and water them. Pray for laborers to cross their path. It yeah. says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that laborers will cross their path. Mm. You're not the only one that can speak into their life that God can use. Absolutely plant, absolutely water, but pray for laborers to walk into their path for new friendships and relationships that are godly, that are going to build them up, Yeah. that are going to come along, and you may have planted in someone else's waters. Yeah, Yeah. and if, you, and if you're a listener and you're struggling with this, and you have a friend that cares enough to show you what you're doing wrong, you should thank that person. Absolutely. Yeah, don't get mad at them. Do not get mad at that person. They care enough about you that they – it's – it's on their mind and they're letting their emotions get involved because they want you to grow. Absolutely. They care. Yeah. No, that's good. 
Thank you, David. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) So, guys, today we talked about just like defining growth and kind of what that is. Um, Another thing that it said whenever I was looking up the meaning of growth is it takes time, it's orderly, and it's uneven. And I think that's really accurate. Like, you can't expect it to always look perfect Mm. when it's happening. One time, one of our prayer huddles at church I think it was Alicia that shared, she talked about when you develop a picture, like the old time ones, or like the old timey ones, whenever you shake it or in the process, it's in a dark place and like you're shaking it so it can develop, it doesn't develop in the light. And I think that that's a lot of what God does with us. That's kind of how she shared that was he doesn't show everybody else your business all the time. He develops you and it seems like a dark place, but that's what develops the picture. And I thought that that was so good. Yeah. But we've talked about just defining growth and how we've each individually grown, just some examples that hopefully you guys can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about how you can help those in your life grow yeah. and, and plant seed and, and just steps and action plans that you can take in your relationships, in your decision-making, in taking responsibility, in your walk with God, in learning to forgive and learning to let go. We covered a few topics today, and we just want to thank you guys so much for being faithful to listen. Um, We hope that this really resonated with you and that it's encouraging you and building you up and helping you grow. Yeah. And so with that being said, you guys want to pray out? Yeah, I'll pray us out. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this wonderful time of fellowship. Thank you for Whitney and David. Thank you for uh, our roommates uh, who we are able to just grow with and to go through life with father father thank you for this house thank you for this podcast and thank you for our listeners uh we want to pray that our listeners uh that they they hear the conviction of the holy spirit as they listen uh to your workers and we pray that they make not only listen to it but make use of it that they acknowledge where the problem is that they make a plan and then they execute the plan and that they also remember that Whatever happens, the growth comes from you, Father. Father, thank you so much for that growth. Thank you for all that you are doing in our communities and in our lives. And we pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, guys, for listening to Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. We will see you again next week. Mm